So welcome back to our Talking Heads Classic Gamer Podcast. Est, est. Reese and I are back for yet another episode, and this time, Jamie has finally returned from the grave. Again. Hi, everybody. How are we doing? How are you doing, Reese? I'm doing fantastic. Doing? I suddenly have craving for stereotypical Italian dishes. Okay. Spaghetti. And, of course, them magic mushrooms. For today, we are covering what's basically the quintessential V-game franchise, Super Italian Mario. Sonic. <laughs> no, they can't see that. So, so just to describe what's happening is Kieran is bashing Reese over the head with a pink Yoshi, a pink bean Yoshi. So, um, how's your plumbing at home, Kieran? Is it okay? Is it needing fixed? Reese, well, how's your plumbing? It's fantastic. Well, we should need- probably just cut to the chase and go on about what Super Mario is, so we already know. Mario's this fat Italian plumber that has to fight a giant evil toad named Bowser as they fight over a prize by the name of Princess Peach, and that's based on the summary of pretty much oh every mainline Mario title. Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Whoa! Legend of Zelda adds a bit more lore, though, so I can at least... Before Breath of the Wild. <laughs> no, they started adding lore long before Breath of the Wild. Before Skyward whoa, Sword. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> We've been the podcast for exactly one minute and 30 seconds, and you've moved from Super Mario to Zelda already. Blame Reese! Uh, Reese? Okay, so. They're both what? They're both Nintendo. They're both Nintendo. Hold on. Too, yeah. Let's just focus on what we're here for Mario. So, Mario was created by a bunch of random um, people on Nintendo. Namely by hey, people like Shigeru Miyamoto, who basically is the face of Nintendo at this point, alongside uh, the likes of, of Takashi Tezuka, and the one that keeps composing the music for most of the games, Koji Kondo. The first game was released in 1985, single-handedly saved the console gaming market, and the little shits that play Fortnite are still ungrateful All about it. Wonderful. <laughs> okay. you, you, you realize, so yeah, you Super Mario Bros. 1 is basically the quintessential platformer and has since influenced the franchise and basically video games in general ever since. I mean, there would be other game changes like Legend Zelda and Metroid, also made by Nintendo, but Mario is basically the face of video games. Like, in terms of video games, he's usually the one that makes the most money. So, uh, you know, topping Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed, even Pokemon, despite how Pokemon is the highest grossing media franchise of all time, don't know that's more or less across separate uh, categories other than video games. So, yeah. So, hang on, Kieran, am I right in thinking that Mario first appeared not in a game called Mario? But in Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. He was known as Jumpman. There we go, we got a brand new Warmer Master for Mega Man 12. His name was Jumpman. Jumpman, so... So he had to rescue this random ramen called Pauline from Donkey Kong, and apparently Donkey Kong was Mario's abused pet. An abused pet? Okay. So, um, so well, depending on the translation, so the game was was very basic. You ran up a platform, climbed up a ladder, ran along another platform, and you died the moment you <laughs> fell. The real Mario wouldn't suffer from this problem because Mario can take a fall from any height and not take damage. This will never come up. You know, scratch. In some games, he actually does take damage from falling, namely Super Mario sixty four. But let's just. Let's move on to uh, our experience with the franchise, mm-hmm. starting with the old man here. Ah, the old man, right, that's you, Reese. 
he's the youngest, by the way. <laughs> Super Mario Bros. for DS. Well, thanks for that, yeah. Um, <laughs> what is it about it? Super Mario Strikers Football. Oh, I heard that's quite a good game. It's the only football that is actually worth playing in video game format. And... Mario Party 8. Oh, okay. Oh, boy, but we're not talking about the spin-offs. In other words, I can't really speak on the matter. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go cry in a corner. <laughs> Wake me up inside! <laughs> so now for the actual old man. For the actual old man. So, my, so, uh, so I didn't play any Mario games, believe it or not. Not a single Mario game until Super Mario Sunshine on the GameCube. Oh, the one that's infamous for its postcard as 100% completion awards. Because I had a Mega Drive and the famous mascot, uh, Kieran, what's the mascot called again? Sonic the Hedgehog. Hedgehog. So I was a Sonic boy all the way through. Sonic, and then uh, I didn't play Super Mario 64, and so my first adventure was Super Mario Sunshine, which I actually loved. First Mario game played it, and I loved it. Okay. The Beyonders are still jackasses, though. Kim? But as for my experience, well, back when I was growing up, I was a PlayStation, and lad, it was PS1, PS2, but then things changed <laughs> when the DS Nation attacked. <laughs> I got Mario Kart DS, which I can't talk about, and New Super Mario Bros., and the rest just sort of goes from there. Mm-hmm. And I got the Wii, and I was more or less an Nintendo exclusive boy until I got a PS2 back in my life, and then eventually got a PS3. But Mario, for all it's worth, well, well, I do love Sonic more that, that you're just never going to change that. I do acknowledge that Mario tends to be more consistent in quality. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because of the fact that Nintendo is usually not willing to, hope, you know, make their number one IP look bad, even though it has entered the door cage at one point, and there's also a certain CDI gain that will not be bought up. But... I have also gone back to the older stuff via stuff like Super Mario All-Stars, specifically for its re-release on the Wii, which also got me a CD of of Mario themes, which was my first video game OST physical release, the second being mm-hmm. True Blue, the very best of Sonic the Hedgehog, but that's besides the point. Now, I actually do get quite a bit of a kick out of some Mario games, but I tend to usually go back to Mario Kart and not the big games that are mainline. I usually save those for every now and then. Mm-hmm. But, but we should go over the basics of Mario in terms of the franchise history. There was the original game released in 85. There was Lost Levels, which is absolute hell. There's Super Mario Bros. 2 USA, originally released in Europe and America uh, before Japan got it. That's because it was more or less a reskin of a Japan exclusive game, Doki Doki Panic. There's Super Mario Brothers 3! Then Super Mario World, Super Mario 64, it's DS port on the DS, which was after Super Mario Sunshine, then New Super Mario Bros. 1, Super Mario Galaxy 1, New Super Mario Bros. 3, Super Mario Galaxy 2, Super Mario 3D Land, New Super Mario Bros. 2, New Super Mario Bros. U and New Super Luigi U, Super Mario 3D World, which still doesn't have a Switch port, Super Mario Wish it did. Maker, Wish it did. Super and Mario. Super Mario Odyssey. Super Mario 3D World is awesome. Great game for the Wii U. One of the reasons why I wish we had we had the Wii U had really 
had the success that the Switch had. Would you agree? We'll get to that the moment we get to the Wii U Marians. But yeah, the fun, let's just go over things one at a time. So, Reese, mm-hmm. we know you have absolutely hey, fuck all in terms of experience with the classic Mario series, aside from Super World, which you're playing on my SNES Classic. Uh-huh. We have it muted, by the way. But. But what would you say about New Super Mario Bros. DS? You know, it's closer to the classics. In terms of what I'd heard comparing it to the Wii version, which I actually think I may have played a bit of, I found it fun. Well, I'll just quickly go over my opinions of the classic games. So my Bros. 1, classic. I, the only time I've actually been it is via the Game Boy Color port, Super Mario Bros. Deluxe, which I got for free when I made my Nintendo Network ID made for my 3DS as part of a special offer. It took me a while to realize that I couldn't use actual O's, that I had to use zeros for the code, but I still got it. And it's actually a decent version, even though it does suffer from a bit of screen crunch. Super Mario Bros. The Lost Levels is hell, why would anyone want to play it, especially if it's the original? God damn it! So I goes to USA, I actually had it in Super Mario Advance for the Game Boy Advance, and I didn't even know it was actually a mainline Mario title or port of, of an older game, but for what I did play of it, I actually managed to beat it, and I loved it. Yes, it's a bit unorthodox, but at least you get to, oh, beat, hate a motherfucker, with another motherfucker. And that's basically what you do. You grab enemies and vegetables, and you do stuff. You fight Birdo, a giant enemy crab, some snake, a free-added snake fiend, and Wart, who has his own weakness right in his boss room because he's an absolute tool. Now, there's some more boss rooms I still get to beat, but it's an absolute behemoth for the NES. That's some of the best graphics of the system. Um, a lot of power-ups, like the hey, Super Leaf, the Tanuki suit, and the Hammer Bros suit, and, and one hell of an upgrade for some more Advance 4. Alright, it generally... I managed to be a great swan song for the NES. Now, as it's my world, I haven't been it, but it's a good game. You know, for, for a SNES launch title, I do think it holds up rather well, but I am kind of disappointed by the lack of power-ups. But it did introduce one major game-changer to the entirety of the Mario franchise. That being Yoshi. The adorable green dinosaur that likes to eat enemies and fruit, shit out eggs, and also acts as a sacrifice for the players that messed up, messed up their jumps and suddenly can't afford to just die with their companion. I am totally against. I look. I'm against the whole using Yoshi as a scapegoat. Hopefully, when you mess up a jump, although. There are some times where it is actively encouraged, which is just, why? Why? What kind of monster would ever sacrifice Yoshi? Listen, you just need to keep him well fed, and that's just all there is. You'll fed by nine. He's, he's adorable. Oh, and, well, I've got, like, three plushies of Yoshis, normal-sized green one, a... A pink Yoshi and a Build-A-Bear green Yoshi, the sand-sized green one I used to boop people in the head. For example, I'm just going to do it to Reese and see if he reacts. Nothing. Nothing except my concussion. It's a plushie. 
A plushie of a dinosaur. I have a concussion. Uh, oh, by the way, fun fact about Yoshi. The saddle on his back was originally supposed to be a shell, indicating that he was originally supposed to be a Koopa. A Troopa of sorts. Which is neat. Neat. But yes, Yoshi also became popular enough to get his own spin-off series. Now there's also, I should probably mention, Luigi. You know, he, I've neglected the, oh, our Luigi. Lord and Savior for, for too long. Luigi. Why? Why have I neglected him? But Luigi. Luigi is basically Mario's younger twin brother, who is superior in every way. He wears the colored green one. Have pride, he has better jumping capabilities and is arguably in better shape than Mario. He's not obsessed with, with a damsel that's just keeps getting kidnapped, and we'll get to that soon enough. And, you know, Luigi becomes once before Mario in the alphabet. Also, he's just more fun in general, and he's a ghostbuster. I mean, granted, he's usually terrified of his mind, but the absolute dedication he has as to. Oh, it's his bro, which is usually returned by Mario in the Mario and Luigi games. This is adorable. Of course, as Luigi, he didn't exactly get the recognition he deserved until Luigi's Mansion for the GameCube, which is where he started to actually get a bit more of an active profile instead of, well, him being Green Mario. And I do sort of get triggered by any time people call him Green Mario. But that's not all in terms of exactly. classic- Exactly, he's- Mario is just Red Luigi. Reese knows. Reese understands perfectly. But that's not all in terms of classic Mario because there is also the Super Mario Land games. I've only played the original and it's basically, this time, the main villain is an alien called Tatanga and the princess is named Daisy. Yes, Daisy debuted in a Game Boy Mario title. And it's pretty short, probably won't last you an hour if you know what you're doing. But it is a decent game in its own right. And for an early Game Boy title, it, has, it does hold up pretty well. I mean, granted, the projectile power-up of choice, his uh, rebounding ball was not exactly the best choice in my I honest opinion. And, and if I'm gonna be really honest, I actually do kind of get ridded out by the fact that, well, you're traveling through real world locales, but it is a decent game. The one has to wonder did Daisy just come into the Mario series because Mario showed up at one point? I have she's the better princess for one reason. She only got kidnapped once. Meanwhile, Peach gets kidnapped like literally every other fucking week. So, yeah. There was also Super Land 2, which I haven't played yet, but the notable thing about it is that it was Wario's debut game, to the point where, in a similar vein to Yoshi's Island, his first game was called Super Land 3 Wario Land, which is, is, is pretty neat. Neat. Also, Donkey Kong, who showed up in well, the arcade game Donkey Kong, ended up getting Donkey Kong Country Series and just crossed over with Mario plenty of times. And, but that's really all I have to offer in terms of classic Mario. But why do what do I think of those games? Well, you can't really go wrong with them, except lost levels. But yeah, 
I do think each of the games, even Lost Levels to a certain extent, have aged, aged like fine wine, but at the same time, if I'm gonna be really honest, in terms of the NES games, the only ones I would ever go back to would probably be Mario, Kirby's Adventure, or Mega Man 3 and 6. That's it. It. But I am grateful for what Mario has done for the general whole gaming scene. But the 3D titles weren't exactly exempt from being the major influencers of, of the a genre. Because in 1996-97 for Europe, we got Super Mario 64 for the free-handed controller, her, her mystery that was the Nintendo 64. And essentially, it was more or less competing with Crash Bandicoot in that year, but whereas Crash Bandicoot chose to have linear designs for its 3D levels, they were more or less to ease people into the 3D scene rather than scare them with something a bit more open. So Mario 64 did actually do a lot, including one of the best hub worlds I've seen in the game, Peach's Castle. A lot of freedom um, in terms of how you generally progress. That's like, depending, depending on how many stars you collect early on, you can possibly bypass a lot of the late game levels completely and just go straight for the final battle. And it was also when Mario games started to get a bit infamous for um, 100% completion and bonuses. Because, okay, you only needed 70 power stars to get to the true final boss. But, there's 120 of them. And if you get all 120, what do you get? You see Yoshi hey, on the roof of Peach's castle, and he gives you infinite one-ups and a sparkly triple jump. That's it. Though that being said, Super Mario 64 also introduced stuff like a wall jump for Mario, the ground pound from that Yoshi used in Yoshi's Island, a triple jump, um, a some a sideways somersault jump, a breakdance kick, actual physical of punching and, and a bit more, including the caps, which were bits of the replacements for stuff like the Super Mushroom and the Fire Flower, which, if we're going to be really honest, the, the caps are quite situational. And if I'm going to be really honest, the controls of the glide hiding on the wing cap have not aged well. The the Vanish Cap is incredibly situational, and the Metal Cap a bit less so than the Vanish Cap, but at the very least, it had a cool little texture. Uh, so much so that Mario Mario eventually became its own separate entity in games like Mario Kart 7 and 8 and Mario Tennis Open. And merely though it was strictly via a QR code. But that's all I can say about it. I haven't played much of the original N64 version of Super Mario 64, but I have extensively played a DS game version and which I haven't comp fully completed yet, which adds three new playable characters. Yoshi, who can uh, swallow enemies and shit them out like before, and also pack a flutter jump. Um, um, Luigi, who basically plays like he did and in and some of the lost levels, but with the addition of a helicopter a backflip that cheeses some power stars entirely, and, and future, and future Super Smash Brothers Titan, Waluigi. No, Wario, who is essentially the black brick bitch. Don't lie to me. Dude. No, I'm dead serious. Wario is only useful for breaking black bricks, and on the odd times, whenever Metal Wario is necessary, because oh yes, 
Here's a little fun fact about Super Mario 64 DS. You only need to go to the ring cap area in order to be able to unlock the power flowers for every character. And here's how they work. Yoshi gets the of fire, Mario gets either the ring cap or gets inflation, depending on on what level he's in. King. Luigi becomes Vanished Luigi, and Wario becomes Metal Wario, and that's pretty much it. But that, but let me be brutally honest with you here. The only characters I think you should ever bother with are Yoshi, because he's who you have to play as before you have to unlock Mario. Mario, because he's needed to progress the game, and Luigi, who has some great platforming skills. And overall, if I don't need any of the other characters or something, I'll always go for my boy Luigi. Because Luigi is the best character. As is... as what it should be. Now, I don't really have any experience with Super Mario Sunshine at all, like most GameCube tiles that I think about it. But, yeah. Ha, <laughs> Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, actually, I should probably I stop there because we should quit. No. Should probably wait until the Wii U era before we talk about new Super Mario Bros. But here's the thing Super Mario Galaxy 1 and 2, some of the best games of the Wii. Bana, there's some of the best 3D tiles out there. Some of the best gravity based platforming. Mario Galaxy 1 having the, one of the most developed newcomers to the franchise, Rosalina who's more or less the Mushroom Kingdom equivalent to God, and is much better as a female princess than... Actually, no, female princess is redundant. But she's a better princess figure of sorts than Peach by a long shot. And the orchestral soundtracks are an absolute marvel, even though I don't spend a lot of time listening to them. I can't exactly deny their quality. Super Mario Galaxy 2... Hell is a lot more challenging and is more or less a grander celebration of Mario's history. Even we created one of Super Mario 64's levels with the Galaxy Engine in mind. And Perhaps you gotta we say, it's amazing. one of their lost levels. It's not lost. It was actually in a game beforehand. It was more or less as a callback. But yeah, Super Mario both Super Mario Galaxies, unlike 64DS, I've actually fully completed. Like, I managed to get the hey, bonus galaxy for both Mario and Luigi, where you just go back for the Mushroom Kingdom in the beginning, minus the Meteor Assault from Bowser, and, well, of course, by extension, playing as Luigi. So, Mario Galaxy 2, I got every regular Power Star and all the green stars to unlock the Grandmaster Galaxy, and let's just say a prankster comment for that level, oh, where you cannot get hit once, and why it's already the toughest level in the game, actually named the perfect one. Hardcore challenge, but as you beat it and get that final power star, you're basically the best of the best. No question. Now as for Super Mario 3D Land on the 3DS, it's alright. Like, if you're going for some 3D action on the 3DS, it's not a bad game at all. And in fact, if you're going to try and get 3DS games on the Nintendo Selects bundle, I do believe 3D Land is available and for £15, it's actually worth it. It's got a pretty addictive nature, the courses are nice and bite-sized, and it's more or less taking a Crash Bandicoot approach where the levels are extremely linear, but also fairly basic to ease people from 2D to 3D. Hey, and overall, it is good. Unfortunately, though, no, the biggest complaint I have against it is that there's not enough original concepts. 
which really bogs the game down when you're looking at it objectively compared to a lot of other 3D titles, especially its successor, which uses a similar style of gameplay. But it was also the first time we got to see hey, the Tanuki suit return, and it was also the introduction of the boomerang flower, so I guess that's okay. But, like both Galaxy games, I fully completed it. And, like with Galaxy 2, it just was all in a super hard level, but here's the requirements. Get all the star coins, get a gold flag, like on every level of flagpole, and beat every single level as Mario and Luigi, which considering there's basically hey, two sets of eight worlds, you are fighting hey, for four playthroughs of consistent platforming action, which is... Not all that great, honestly. I wouldn't actually recommend going for 3D Payland full completion. And if I'm gonna be brutally honest, and well Yeah. Meanwhile, Super Mario 3D World, the Wii U game that requires a Switch port, is well Great, honestly, like I haven't fully completed it at all, but I did at least manage to make it to the end of play a good chunk of the bonus levels, including the ones that allows you to unlock Rosalina, and quite honestly, it's, it's a great game. One of the best Wii U tiles of all time. If it got a Nintendo Switch release, which is possible because a game with similar mechanics, known as Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, which was birthed from the Captain Toad levels of 3D World, has been ported to the Switch, and all the Wii U gamepad exclusive mechanics for its levels have actually been adapted for the Switch, so I don't see why we couldn't get 3D World on the Switch. It's got a nice jazzy soundtrack, the levels are much bigger and offer more exploratory options. You get to play as the entire SMB2 crew of Mario, oh, Luigi, Princess Prize, and Blue Toad, and they all come up there and have straights and weaknesses. You also get stuff like the double cherry and cat suit, and it also marked the first time where Bowser truly used one of Mario's power-ups against him in the form of Cat Bowser for the final boss. And let's just say, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. And, well, that, I just don't know what else I could say about it, other than, it needs a Switch port, that and Legends of the Wind Waker, HD, Twilight Princess HD, and of course Star Fox Zero, but that's not the focus here. But, yeah. And now, I think it's about time we quickly jump back to what Reese might be more familiar with, the new Super Mario Bros. games. Yeah. Starting with New Super Mario Bros. DS in 2005, 2006, the goal was to create a modern 2D Mario, with the same general simplicity of the classics that made the Italian plumber who he was, but this time with some of the 3D game moves, like a triple jump, um, a wall kick, you know, all that stuff. It was pretty, pretty hype. Hype. And as basically my major entry point into the Mario platformers, if I'm going to be really honest, it is actually one of the best. 
I always generally consider um, kind of likes of New Sky Bros to be one of the better DS tiles, and for 2D action, you can't really get much better. Although I would personally say the likes of of Sonic Rush could give it a bit of one of its money. Now we jump to New Super Mario Bros. Wii for the Nintendo Wii, complete in red plastic casing, and it's also when Mario decides to have the genius idea of adding co-op, this time up to four players. Reese, have you tried a four-player? Yeah. Opinions? Best with siblings, and I had a blast. Yes, but did you manage to, well, play we it smoothly? We managed to get through a level. A level's not good enough, like, okay, you know, four-player co-op chaos, well, it's absolute chaos in New Super Bros. We had trust me, it does not get better for New Super Bros. U, or, well, the likes of Super Mario 3D World, where you basically had this car problem in 3D and with some camera issues, too. Next, we have, as soon as I can find it, New Super Mario Bros. 2, this time with a yellow casing for the 3DS, and it's basically coin fetish the game where you have have a gold fire flower that turns Mario into gold Mario and Luigi into silver Luigi even though it should be the other way around or at the very least make Luigi platinum and for a 2D game on the 3DS it's not bad but I generally I just prefer Hard Super Mario 3D Land because 3D and it's probably a bit more original. I don't really care for this new Super Bros. 2 at the end of the day, and I haven't even gotten a million coin achievement for it. Hey, I'm running out of things to talk for the new Super Bros. games. Now we have New Super Mario Bros. U for the Wii U, which was released the same year as New Super Bros. 2, and there's also New Super Luigi, and basically, the former is basically New Super Bros. Wii by an HD and with an interconnecting world map, and the latter is the same, but harder, plays Luigi with some of his, his well-known mechanics in mind, and you're at a 100 second time limit for each level. I don't really care for the end of the day. Like, I beat the game in, in the same day I got. That was Christmas Day. And for a while, this was all I had for the Wii U. I didn't even get Nintendo Land. But, yeah. So, Reese, opinions on the new Super Mario Bros. series? Um, the DS and Wii games that I played were fun. Although a bit janky when it comes to local multiplayer on the Wii version. Because it really, when it comes to doing local multiplayer on the Wii, it really comes down to how cooperative can the other players be. But yet, can they be skilled enough to actually know what they're doing? Yeah, and when you're playing with uh, younger siblings who are just doing it for the sake of fun, completing the level is practically out of the question. And it gets much worse in Super Mario 3D World, to bring that back up, because you're also now having to deal with camera issues because it's in 3D. Hey, 
And yes, there is inherent camera issues because, again, 3D, and, and not all characters are as fast as each other because Toad is the fastest at the cost of having a shitty jump. But unfortunately, you know, it also is a much bigger pain. Yes, we are trying to hunt for the collectibles such as the green stars, the stamp, gain a gold flagpole. It's just not fun. It's why I'd recommend play all of 3D World in single player and only wait until you've fully completed the game before you do multiplayer. Otherwise, you're gonna have a bad time. So, be so after Reese decides to try and see Megalovania, I'll quickly cover the original Super Mario Maker for the Wii U. No, I haven't played the 3DS version. It's basically a 30th anniversary celebration of Mario, and that's a, one of the best official level editors I've seen. You can and design levels for the various themes. Super Mario Bros. 1, Super Mario Bros. 3, Super Mario World, and Super Mario Bros. U. With Super Mario Maker 2 adding Super Mario 3D World to the mix, but it's strictly 2D, so that's automatically against what the title of that game was called, but whatever. And I gotta say, it was a, quite a blast. As it, along with Mario Kart 8, Smash 4, and... Why you are gain a Wii U at all, and quite frankly, it was one of the only games that completely justified how the Wii U gamepad and knew how to how cooperate with it. And it is one of the best level editors I've seen again, and even has brand new stuff for any game that didn't have things like airship theme levels and whatnot. It is amazing. Amazing in its own right, but unfortunately, thanks to the existence of the sequel coming out for the Switch in June, that the Wii U is literally dead. It there's no reason to have it anymore other than virtual console stuff. And that is a shame because the Wii U, in my opinion, was definitely not a bad console, but Okay, addressing that real quick. Nintendo had no idea what they were doing when they were marketing the Wii U. Like, they simply failed to capture the magic of the Wii, or at least have sales to enable it to properly compete with the PS4 and Xbox One into the later years. It also didn't help that they never bothered to elaborate on the fact that it's an entirely separate game and console. Because no one bothered to pay attention to the fact that, oh, it's actually a different console instead of an add-on for the Wii U that could be interchangeable. Hey. I guess the Wii U never inherited the copy ability, managed to copy the success of the Wii all its own. Which is an absolute shame because, if we're gonna be really honest, the Wii U was a good console, and it had some good games. I just hate, hate how Nintendo didn't really capitalize on it much. But enough of my personal uh, ramblings. Things on the matter, I should go and cover what came after Super Mario Maker. The Switch's first, first official Mario title, Super Mario of Odyssey. And if I'm going to be really honest, it's one of the best Mario games I've seen. I mean, like, 
I honestly think it's it's basically best 3D title in this series, although you could easily make an argument for why Galaxy 1 and 2 are better. Hey. And it's basically the perfection of the Super 64 formula, where you go into worlds, explore them for under major collectibles, and this time you got a major gimmick in the form of Cappy. Who actually has personal stakes in this adventure? Because, as like with Peach, he's getting kidnapped. His sister Tiara was kidnapped by Bowser to give Peach an appropriate tiara for a wedding dress for their little wedding. I won't go into why Bowser and Peach marrying is a horrible idea. Yeah, because Super Mario already tells us why they shouldn't. But whatever. Mario and Cappy get a brand new airship called the Odyssey, and it's often to collect power moons and stop this unholy matrimony. Cappy's main gimmick is that if Mario throws host Cappy at an enemy or inanimate object that doesn't have a hat, there's a good chance he'll catch it and essentially possess that thing. And yes, inanimate objects, this includes stuff like poles. But yes, you can now play as a Goomba, a Koopa Trooper, or a Hammer Bro in a 3D Mario game. And quite honestly, this completely justifies the lack of traditional power-ups, because now this time, you basically have all the new power-ups you could ask for. Some of them are some are just one-time use, but you can also possess Yoshi. Hey, hey when you find him, him in, in a bonus world, and be able to fly or jump, use his tongue to stick to walls. I know you cannot boop hurt people in the head with him. Concussion! Yeah! I have not fully completed my Odyssey. Because <laughs> it's borderline suicidal. Like, let's you go up to 999 power moons. It's absolutely insane. Also, you can customize Mario's look with costumes based on other characters, other outfits Mario has worn throughout the years, including obscure references like his mad scientist outfit is actually based on an outfit he had when he, he was advertising the Super Game Boy add-on for the SNES. Yes, and some of these costumes can also be unlocked early with the Ray Amiibo. And if I'm gonna be brutally honest, if you're gonna get a Switch, you're either getting Smash Ultimate, Legends of Breath of the Wild, or Super Mario Odyssey. Like, this is a quintessential Mario title. I would also recommend New Super Mario U Deluxe on the Switch, but that's strictly for, uh, wish, for the people wishing that they could play as Bowsette. And now it's time to get into that little hot mess. Okay, so, when New Super Mario that's you, Deluxe, was revealed for the Switch. Toadette was revealed to be a playable character, and she got an exclusive power-up called the Super Crown that allowed her to transform into Peachette. Which also begs a question as to why a Peach... Which is how... Which begs the question, how can Toadette transform into another Peach? Or is Peach secretly a Toadette herself that just got the right crown? The world may never know. But yeah, soon afterwards, uh, someone made a fan comic that's more or less a joke. You see, when Peach rejects the marriage proposals of both Mario and, and Bowser, 
They decide to get back home when Bowser puts on a simple crown and becomes Peach. Or rather, a Peach with horns, horns de-spiked, height, height cuffs that Bowser normally wears, and a darker and a black dress with Bowser's as tail coming out at the other side, depending on the artist, and also with obligatory fangs, fangs, fangs fiercer looking eyes, and slightly messier hair. And then, for lack of a better term, the internet exploded. And I'll let you take that anyway, because let's just say that Bowsette became a meme of epic proportions, including other characters gained the Super Crown treatment, and of course, Bowsette at receiving the sexualization treatment from many. Being a fan, and we'll stop right there. No, you cannot play as Bowsette. She is not an official fiend, although there were plans in Samoyo Odyssey to have Bowser use his own equivalent to Cappy to possess Peach, and there you go. <laughs> Nintendo had already planned for something like this. So with my choice of the Mario games, I just prefer the 3D tiles. The Super Mario Maker is still also I'd recommend getting. The 3DS version does have a, a more dedicated single player campaign in order to make up for the uh, slightly messed up method of sharing levels. But at the end of the day, it is still a pretty solid title. And I would still recommend and getting into the series. Anyways, so what would be my recommended head Mario game to start off with? Well, really they're all easily accessible. Oh, but I would recommend stuff like Mario 3D Land or New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, something like that's a 2D platformer. But, but that's pretty much the the extent of it. Reese, if you get a Switch, do you plan on getting any Mario games? Maybe. Well, from what I talked about, what ones would you plan on getting? Uh, probably the Super Mario... Oh, it wouldn't be the Galaxy game, so that's on Switch. Odyssey? Yes. That's on uh, Switch. A port of 3D World. 3D World... Held, I honestly think should be given a Switch port because yes, while Mario Odyssey fill, uh, fills in the console's obligatory 3D Mario quarter, I think it would be better if they also had an option to play a 3D tile that's a bit simpler than and Super Mario Odyssey catering to 64 nostalgia. Now, what's so why? Hey, would I? I have missed out the Mario spin-offs because, well, I'd rather just focus on mainline Mario. And I've noticed that this podcast is mostly me talking because Jamie's is currently busy with something. Hmm. And Reese's, and Reese's already said that he is extremely inexperienced with Mario. Yeah. Reese hasn't played a lot of the franchises. I'm I'm into. And vice versa. Hmm. Well. 
Okay, you know what? Time to delve into something a bit more theory based and not at all fact. In Smart Sunshine, once Bowser Jr., the major newcomer of that game, reveals himself as the Shadow Mario and help the one responsible for getting Mario incarcerated in the first place, he refers to Peach as his mother. And Peach's response goes like this Mama? Mama Peach? I'm your mama? Like, she had to think about that. Peach had to consider whether or not this has Cooper Child, the son of Bowser, was also her son. And she does not deny being his mother at all, which naturally leads a lot of you to assume that during one of her many kidnappings, Bowser actually fucked her and she conceived Bowser Jr. Now, how she was able to conceive Bowser Jr. without, without suffering from her major pain, because A, would most likely be her first pregnancy, and two, Bowser Jr. naturally has, has sharp horns, horns and spikes on him, since he is basically Bowser's son. Yeah. And I'm on the fact that she came from Bowser to step out her security. Makes me wonder, why is she still around? Like, in a spin-offs like Mario and Luigi, and especially Paper Mario, I actually don't mind Peach, because she's got a bit more character to her. And in the case of Paper Mario, especially Super Paper Mario, she actually asserts her authority as a princess, and sometimes gets on the action, and, and helps, helps plot progression. Like, she actually does things to assist Mario even when she's kidnapped, and I'm just wondering, why can't she be like that in the main games? Like, the best we've gone is in Odyssey, where she refuses as Mario and Han Bowser's proposals as for getting married, because I think she too has gotten sick of being treated like a prize. And, well, given what she had been through in that journey, she just wanted to have some downtime. And what's her idea of downtime? Going on a world tour to the various worlds she had visited while kidnapped by Bowser, only this time of her own free will. Like, we need to uh, give these characters a bit more to them, you know, a bit more personality because we're kind of getting sick of Mario's the hey, uh, hey good guy main protagonist. Bowser is the evil uh, giant turtle that beats fire. Peach is the prize. And that's pretty much it. Hey... Yeah... You know... I think we may... I need to... Wrap... Up this up... I'm just wanting our things to talk about with the Mario series... And since Jamie isn't here to continue talking about... About his experiences with Mario, I guess I'll just hmm. Let's think. I think it's my turn to choose what topic we're covering for next week. You know what? How about we do Mega Man, specifically Mega Man X. Mega Man X. It's my personal experience, more or less, with Hef, Reese, and Jamie most likely having to be introduced to this series. What do you say, Reese? What do you say?
So next time, we're going to cover uh, Mega Man X, the Mega Man series with the most inconsistent quality out of all uh, Mega Man generations. So until next time, take care. Although, at one point, we should do something a bit more unique than just talking about certain game series. Maybe after we do Mega Man X, we could talk about portrayal of women in video games. That's gonna be one hell of a hot topic. But until on the next episode, which will most likely be next first day, hey, take care. Except for what I must say, we might have a guest next Thursday where we'll have to switch the topic. Hey, hey, to something that that she'll be familiar with. But if that doesn't happen, last, last, next week will be Mega Man X. So, to finally get this over with, F, see you next episode.